Hello, listeners. My name is Mary Catherine Carroll, and I am here at the Protégé Studios in downtown Denver, overlooking the Curtis Street. On this lovely day, I happen to be joined by CEO and lead designer of Protégé, Christina Morrisman. And I have the privilege of being joined by Mary Katie Catherine Jane Carroll. You know, we always mix up her names because she's a woman of many names, but here we just call her Katie to keep (laughs) it short. Uh, And she is a very talented journalism student at her last semester of MSU. And yeah, we're happy to have her. And she's going to take some time to dig into my mind and explore a little bit more about what Protégé is and how we got here. I am happy to be here and it's been fun. Um, I've learned a lot about design and architecture, just hanging out with these people who leak information. Uh, So you guys are gonna be along for the ride with me as we kinda divulge a little bit more from her. And I just wanted to say that on this series, we will be uh, diving into a lot of interests, a lot of topics, and we're just gonna have a lot of fun too. So we hope you guys stick around and we also hope you definitely learn something. Let's get uh, let's get started. Christina, you're not a Colorado native. You are a transplant. I am a transplant, um, and you know that has such a negative connotation here. But I want to point out that it is a very positive thing because that means Denver's growing, which is great. A lot of cities can't say that, and actually, Denver's projected to be the best build market in 2019. Did you know that? Katie? I didn't know that. That's yes, really it's it's great, great for us anyway in our industry, but. Uh, just shows how uh, how happy and fortunate we are to be here in this wonderful city. Um, but yeah, no, I'm actually from Waco, Texas. And for those of you that somehow have missed where and what that is, uh, turn on HGTV, um, drink a Dr. Pepper. Uh, any of those places, if you look real closely, will lead you back to the heart of Texas, as they call it. And yeah, that's where I spent most of my growing up years and yeah later moved to Arizona went to Arizona State uh, spent a lot of time there that's where I first got introduced to Burning Man and you know did a lot of internships with architecture (laughs) (laughs) don't dive in too quickly you know I'm just I'm just feeding them carrots you know I'm I'm letting them know that there's more to me there Uh, (laughs) there is I gotta say there are a lot of doors behind this woman that you might not expect and we're gonna open them. Let's talk a little bit more about Waco though. What uh, What's different between Waco and here? Oh man. So, you know, Waco, Waco's a southern town. You know, it, it certainly has its charm. Uh, Dr. Pepper was actually invented in Waco. Um, it's home to Baylor University, the biggest Baptist university in the world. And of course now Fixer Upper, but when I was a kid, you know, we didn't, of course, Fixer Upper was not a thing. And you could find parking downtown. Now that's not the case. Um, I remember as a kid, you know, si- the silos are pretty famous in Fixer Upper as part of their show. And, you know, I remember in high school, we'd climb up to the top of the silos, sneak in, climb this really old rusty ladder, and then there was like a lookout point at the top. And, you know, that was a thing. And, you know, it, it, it downtown was desolate. Uh, so we always found ways to entertain ourselves, mostly by going to Whataburger, which was 24 hours, or going to Walmart and throwing bouncy balls at each other. That was pretty much uh, what we what we had as form of entertainment. <laughs> Have you uh, seen a lot of Fixer Upper then? Do you like it? You know, I think I've watched in total maybe 35 minutes of it ever. That's not very much. 
You know, I always tell people I, I kind of live HGTV. <laughs> I don't I don't want to spend my time after working one in front of another screen to watching more things about the build world, you know. Uh, it definitely has an interest, but you know, HGTV definitely is, it, it romanticizes the build process and the design process. It's, it's not a snap of the fingers. It's not, you know, the way that it, of course, goes down in reality. But that's the thing about TV, right? It skips a lot. It, uh, it's a much longer, difficult, loud, dirty process than it appears to be. I, um, I do like hearing about where you're from. It's a little bit about who you are. I just want to know, too, who you've become. I mean, you are an architect now. You're not the girl at Whataburger 24-7. What, what makes you who you are today? There are so many things that have shaped who I've become. Uh, some of them have been, you know, wonderful people in my life that helped me and gave me that push I needed or gave me that advice and direction that I would have never thought that of myself or tried that or taken that leap had they not been in my lives. Uh, and most of those people, you, they know who they are. Um, but one one great example is you know, the people that brought me to Burning Man for my first year. Um, I was working at a bar and they were a couple of my regulars and they were like, you know, have you ever heard of Burning Man? I really think you would like it and we'd like to gift you a ticket this year. And they brought me my first year and I, I can't even say I'm forever grateful. And uh, the woman, so as a husband and a wife, the woman's actually an architect, brilliant architect, and they also both own an LED lighting company. And she was the first one to take me under her wing, which gave me a great platform, um, and then really fed that interest. Uh, and then there's so many, been so many other people that you know mentored me and gave me a chance. The reason I even got into residential architecture was. I was waiting on a table at a restaurant I worked at. I'd just graduated college and a man came up to me that was that I was serving and he was like, hey, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Does this make you happy? And I was like, well, honestly, I've turned in about 40 applications with no response and wanting to be in the design world. And that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> and he was like, well, I own a design build firm. Uh, why don't why don't we have an interview? And, uh, you know, I was a scared little girl with clutching my portfolio from college, which is nothing, really. Uh, you know, just hoping that this would be my one chance. Uh, and we made a meal together. That was our whole interview process. We talked about meditation and travel and just life, morals and philosophy. And, you know, he never even asked to look at my portfolio or anything of that nature. And at the end, he goes, I know how you show up in life and I can teach you everything else. And at that day, I didn't even know how to use a tape measure. And I was like, how am I going to do this? Uh, so, you know, that's just one example of many builders and contractors and tradesmen and professionals in this industry that have shared knowledge with me and, you know, donated time to help me become where I am. And uh, yeah, I'm forever grateful to those people because this is very much a learning industry. And we do need each other to really uh, up up our game. And it's so connected what a designer does for a builder and what a builder does for a designer and that cohesive process. And part of what we do here at Protégé is we create blueprints that are slowly developing to be more and more for what the builder needs, the people that are actually putting the job together. But 
created in collaboration with the homeowner uh, so that everybody understands what's going on. Everybody can read our blueprint and it's a full collaboration of everybody involved. So if that answers your question, hopefully. That was a little long-winded, but. <laughs> well, you have a unique business and you have a unique approach to it. You've also had a lot of unique experience, I think, in your life, Burning Man included. Um, unconventional startup in the industry generally. <laughs> uh, how do you think that's affected who you are today? Burning Man, how does that change who you are today? Burning Man, as I like to say it, is where I saw it that it could be different. It showed me that I could be different. It showed me that people could be different, that the world could be different. Um, it's not just a hippie experience. No, it, and it's nothing like Coachella. It's nothing like most of the festivals that you see anywhere. I even like to call it a social utopia experience more than anything else. It's a huge group of creatives collaborating to create what most people think can't exist. And it's one of those things, honestly, that you really just have to go and experience to really understand. But in a creative aspect, it pushed what I thought boundaries were based on what I have seen. Um, Burning Man gives people the canvas to build what we can't out here. Uh, we have building codes, we have safety regulations, and you know, there's this funny uh, phrase that a Burning Man group that I camp with has, and we say safety third, uh, <laughs> which is opposite of most places. And you know, nobody's ever gotten hurt on what we've What's built. One and two? <laughs> you know what? We never really talk about one and two because <laughs> I, I think they have something to do with the creative and build process. I think number one is actually show up. Up. That's a good start. Yeah, I think that's where you have to begin, right? Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's where Burning Man's played a huge part is seeing what is possible that other people would say is not. I, I've always wanted to go to Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> Keep hanging out. About it. That's why I'm here, folks. That's why I'm here. I'm a free intern. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's definitely played its role. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily been like the, uh, you know, the center of everything that I've based what I do on or, you know, my education and things like that. Um, but is, it's there. What is the center? I mean, why are you here? Why did you pick this field when you could have picked anything else in the world? You know, sometimes the stars align. And... I think every day we have opportunity, we have potential, we have, you know, fate, whatever you want to call it, whatever it is that you believe creates something for you to reach toward your next goal. I think that we are all presented with that chance if we ask for it. And some people jump for it, others don't. Um, and usually the thing that we want the most is the scariest to jump for. And we won't believe we're ready. But that's the thing uh, that I've learned more than anything else is that you're never ready. You're never going to believe you're ready. You know, um, I had my mentor unexpectedly pass, and that's a huge reason that I got where I was so young. It wasn't because, you know, I did something magical that no one else did. I, it, it's nothing like that. It was because I leaped when I had to rather than, you know, kind of get dragged off of a cliff and I'm looking at this cliff going well 
I'm going down that one way or another, so I might as well jump. Um, and so it was a lot of studying, it was a lot of asking, it was a lot of, you know, dedicating my 20s to that. And I've even had people tell me, Christina, you're wasting your 20s, you're always at work, you're doing this out of the other. And you know what? I don't regret that. I was passionate about what I do and I still am. And I'm really excited to see where it goes because I know that we're just beginning. You touched on the mentorship protege experience and obviously your mentor had um, a large impact on not only your career but your personality, who you are, um, and your heart. You two were very close. Um, would you like to talk a little bit more about that? I'd love to. I'm an open book and that's one thing I always tell any client I work with is, you know, I'm an open book. I'll, I'll be a very straight shooter. And most of all, I, I strive to be my client's friend. I'm, I'm on their side um, at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, so my mentor, I was actually, my training was a little bit unconventional in that aspect is he was a contractor, he was a builder, and he was very humble and all of that. You know, he did a lot of work for free just to learn how to do it. He framed, he was a trim carpenter, you know, you name it. He was a part of that process and he would just show up to sites and, you know, ask to follow. Um, one thing people don't really quite fully grasp about this industry is it's very hard to get paid for something that you don't know how to do. Um, most, you know, architecture firms, whatever it is, they expect you to put in the free time to learn and actually be of value when you're paid to do something. Um, and, you know, I didn't really understand that at first. And then I fully grasped it eventually. And, uh, you know, I'll be the first one down there helping somebody demo, helping pick up trash, whatever is needed. Nobody is above anything. Um, and that's something that, you know, I picked up from him. And I think another thing that I really picked up from him too. He had, he had so much patience with me. I was always asking him a million questions and he was a busy guy, but, uh, and you know, we were very close. Uh, he called myself, himself my dad. Um, and he really, he really was the father type figure to me. And, you know, he would help me in any way he can. Um, and there's just so many phrases I hear coming out of my mouth sometimes are straight him, but, uh, you know, the other thing that he was always big on is collaboration. And that's something I've modeled protege after. Um, you know, a lot of design firms and, you know, and I'm not here to say that there's anything wrong with this, but they present ideas. They have presentation boards. You know, it's all about getting the presentation ready for the client. Uh, we are very different in that aspect because we collaborate. We collaborate with the builder. We collaborate with the client. We create the design every aspect with the client and if I'm collaborating with you to create something I don't need to present anything to you you were there we created it together and that I would say is the foundation for any protege concept now and future that we uh, develop is we want the homeowner to be involved we want our clients to understand why their plans are the way they are, why we're creating what we are, why we had to go left instead of right, why something needs to be this way instead of that. Uh, because at the end of the day, the more knowledge everyone has, the better the build result's gonna be, the more understanding everybody's gonna have of what needs to happen. And if things need to adjust, we're gonna do 
what the next best possible route is. And uh, just that cohesiveness and that communication is invaluable. I'm sure you think of your mentor still. Do you wonder what he'd think of your work you're creating now and where you're going in the future? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I definitely do have that thought, especially when I, when I went out on my own and separated from the company that he had started You know, a couple of years after he died. That thought always crossed my mind. Um, but at the end of the day, he was always so supportive of my dreams or whatever made me happy. Uh, one of our last conversations, he asked me, what do you want to do in the world? And this was two years of us spending time together. And, um, you know, I was like, I just want to find a way to make life better for people by using space better. And that's such a simple statement, but such a complex thing to achieve at the same time. And he said, you know, I'll do everything in my power to see that you get there. And in a weird way, he, he did that even with him passing, because um, it gave me an opportunity years ahead of what it would have been. Um, and it was difficult, and of course, I miss him like crazy, and I do wonder what he would think, but I know he would be proud of what we're doing um, and very supportive, so. And what are you doing? How are things going right now in the business you started a few months ago? Yeah. Almost a year? Almost, yeah, we're getting close to a year. Um, things are going very well. Uh, you know, this industry in general is very competitive, and the first year of any business is the most difficult, but things are looking up sharply. We're sharply on the incline, and of course, I'm very thankful for that, and I couldn't have done it without the people that here at Protégé that help, and of course, our amazing interns, and um, the clients that support us, the clients that provide great um, references and input about us and recommend us to the next person. None of this would be possible without those people. Um, it's, all, it's all a partnership. But looking forward, we do have a couple more branches of Protégé starting. Um, one of them is going to be Protégé Interiors. So that's going to be a lot more focused on the interior design aspect. You know, we, we've always been great at like, okay, here's where all the walls are going to go. Here's where all the doors need to go. Here's, you know, the full layout design, which is extremely important. Functional space is based off of that creation. But it's a, next, a natural next question for people to be like, okay, so what tile should I put here? Like, what should it be subway tile? Should it be hexagons? Whatever it is. And that's something that I've never really delved into, but uh, we will uh, now. Um, so that's our next step. And then we're going to also really take off with our uh, construction consulting, our build management process, uh, design impl implementation management, making sure that things are built the way that they're supposed to be, ordering supplies for the client, um, analyzing contracts, making sure that the bids they get from builders are truly the same apples to apples, which they often are not. Um, and we can go into that in another episode. But 
yeah, just finding different ways to see a client from day one to completion of build. And that's our goal is to be that one base they can count on. That is a lot on your plate, um, <laughs> obviously, and a lot to ask for from such a small production. There are only a few of us. Right, and that's why we here at Protégé are more about quality than quantity. You know, we'd rather have three, four, five clients that we are very available to, you know, very on top of than 20, 30 clients that we're providing basic service, assembly line, get them in, get them out. And that's just, you know, I've, I've worked for companies where that was the model and it broke my heart um, because I want to put everything I have into each project and for each client. I think it's exciting to see someone doing something a little differently and uh, just being true to themselves in, you know, whatever field it happens to be. And in this case, it happens to be architecture and design, which is really flourishing in Denver just generally. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So after 2008, of course, everybody was horrified to put money into their home. Everything stopped. Everything froze. People lost their homes. Um, and it's been a slow but sure recovery, especially here in Denver, which, you know, this city has seen a sharp rise. Uh, so the way that I see things headed is people deciding to put more back into what they have, which is something that we focus on is renovations, people wanting to add an addition to their existing home and use the space they have. and finding ways to maximize the use of that space is also a huge focus of ours. It's very interesting to compare uh, the growth of Denver as a city to this company, literally building and growing it, <laughs> watching it themselves grow. Uh, I was kind of wondering what do the listeners and I have in stock for this podcast? What are you hoping to accomplish? You know, that has been an ever-moving target. The more we grow, the more that we realize is possible, the more that is presented to us, the more clients are like, hey, can you design built-ins? Can you design this window? And sure, <laughs> you know, um, we, we find that we can do more than we thought or we go, okay, wow, this is something that we wanna do again. And so the, I would say the possibilities are limitless, but for now, of course, we have these two other concepts that we're growing and yeah, we we're always open to new things and we look forward to seeing who all we can get involved and what this collaborative brings. So, <laughs> so collaborative, so educational. Come on guys, what more could you ask for? <laughs> I think that'll do it actually for us here at Protégé Studios today. I am Mary Catherine Carroll, or Katie, whatever you want to say. Just <laughs> signing out. And I'm Christina Moorsman. Have a good one. <laughs>